This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stuck back for Arfield. What a bowling! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. On the outside, he's on. Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Browner. Saved by the keeper. That is magnificent. They deserve that. Can he go on the outside? Comes inside. Comes on the shot. Oh, what a goal! Manuel Benson once more. That is top class. Burnley have done it. Fantastic. Clarence deserved the championship title. They've been the best side throughout the campaign. Burnley have won the second tier. What a fantastic achievement. The players have been magnificent. Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast. Full-time show with me, Joe Remond, after Burnley's emphatic, emphatic route against relegation rivals Sheffield United. 5-0 at Turf Moor yesterday. Wow, what a day, what a performance. It's great to actually see us win because as I've said on plenty of podcasts before, I missed the win this season and, and the only other point with them being midweek away games. Um, so it's good to actually see a performance. <clears throat> and I took my little boy as well. He was buzzing, he was loving it. Um, but Sam, how are you, mate? Oh, ecstatic, mate. The Absolutely first thing I want to point out is you've got changed. I, uh, I, I, I Since the intro was on, you've put a jumper on. I, it's cold. What, what do you expect? I'm freezing. <laughs> Minus five. I was looking forward to everybody seeing your Jets top because you did look very nice in that, Sam, I'll be honest with you. It's a Ravens shirt. Everybody oh, was like, it's a Ravens top. 
he's got he's got dressed, he's got dressed everybody. But Sam, how you doing, mate? You all right? You've had a eventful yeah. morning, haven't you? Oh mate, breakfast breakfast bright and early, shot over in the snow, skidding and sliding to come back for Turfcast, as always. <laughs> That is dedication from Mr. Claret's Roundup. It's always great to see. Get your comments coming in. The comments are already rolling in. Milltown Dingle says, morning, lads. Morning, mate. Ryan Collins says, how good was Vitinho? How good were they all, mate? Um, Colin McGlynn says, morning, everyone. Great to be here. Uh, Jamesy Lad says, morning, lads. Very rough. What a result. Simon Harvey says, morning, boys. Moretti Varus is back. It's been a while since I've seen that name, Simon. Hope you're well, mate. Simon's one of the proper OGs, like the, the legit OGs on the first few weeks of Turfcast when I was doing quizzes on Facebook in lockdown. Uh, good to see you, mate. Uh, GOW says, Bastards lost 3-1 as well. They did. Uh, Colin McGlynn corrects his, his spelling mistake. I weren't, I weren't going to I weren't gonna mention it, Colin, but uh, it grated on me. <laughs> um, Harry says, finally, a full-time show with three points. Yes, we didn't even do a full-time show after the Luton match, did we, as well? So this is the first full-time show. Jay Hartley says, morning, lads. Mike says, some beauty goals yesterday from us. Every goal were ace finishes. It really was. Peter Griffin, the, the actual Peter Griffin, says, how good were Brownie and Burgeon CM? Roscoe just puts a smile. And Matthew says, is Cullen injured? Question mark. And also, Bayer suspended for Wolves. Yes, when Vincent said he is awaiting a call from the doctor in his press conference, he was referring <coughs> to Cullen. Uh, Danny Aston says, morning, boys. Ryan Collins, um, we'll get onto that in a bit, mate. Leo Caldergott's in the chat. Burnley's best photographer. He says, great result. Need to take that momentum into the Wolves game. Slightly annoyed with Bayer booting the ball into the stand for his fifth yellow. Yeah, me too, mate. It was a little bit silly. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll get on to all that. Uh, but, of course, just before we get started, I just want to remind you all that the Turfcast podcast full-time show is now officially sponsored by wave car finance wave car finance are a local car finance company who specialize in getting you your dream car through their fantastic one-to-one personalized service their finance first approach ensures that you can secure the very best finance in a deal tailored to suit you and they can even settle any existing finance agreement and swap your current car into a new one and to celebrate this brilliant new partnership between wave car finance and turfcast if you mention turfcast podcast to them they will give you a voucher worth up to 200 pounds to spend in the burnley fc club shop on completion of your finance deal so why not pop down to their stunning showroom in Waller or give them a call or even just send them an email or message them on social media to start your new car adventure today and don't forget to mention turfcast because if you do you basically get 200 pounds of burnley fc merchandise for free but sam fantastic performance yesterday it's great to actually talk about some positive stuff i'm sure we won't get any of the uh negative comments in the chat today calling us whinges and, and negative <laughs> bastards and stuff uh, but what did you make of that performance yesterday yeah, it was just brilliant, mate, from start to finish. Even when they had 11 men on the pitch, like, we were just easily the better team. Um, you know, the the red card, in my opinion, didn't really make much of a difference. I think we were dominant all the way through. Um, I think we we saw a lot of good performances from key players that needed them, in my opinion. Like, yeah, for example, Zeki. Like, Zeki needed a performance. Like, <laughs> I need the performance where he just goes out and just shows what he's about. Because I do feel like, gradually over time, obviously you're losing, like, you know... 13 out of or 12 out of 14 games isn't great or whatever it was like so obviously you need a bit of a pick me up and that is that type of game it feels like this could really be a really be a turning point for our season um we can take some momentum to wolves Ekdal coming back and getting a bit of time was fantastic everything just seemed to seem to be 
so positive in this performance and I was really pleased with it. So, yeah, fantastic from every single one of them. Really well done. Yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that. There was a lot of players in there that played very well that you needed it. Like, Zeki, like, it's, it's weird with him because you know he's got it in his locker. You mm -hmm. can just quality there, but he's never really shown it too much. But yesterday, he was fantastic, weren't he? Obviously, I know you just mentioned it there, so I'll let you go into more detail on the Zeki thing, but how good was he? Mate, his, his ability on the ball is absolutely class. Like, And that's one, that's one of our... That's one of the things I've been saying since the start is we need to be playing to player strengths. And I do feel like we haven't managed to do that yet this season. However, yesterday we really let him just go to town. Like we literally yeah. just turned around and said, run with the ball, literally get the ball and go for their first, for, for our, their first goal. Sorry, they didn't even score. Uh, for our first goal. <laughs> You're just like, that used I, to it, mate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, honestly, like that, that, some, that, those feet, right. I know a couple of them are bobbles and stuff, but like, He's in the right place all the time. He's took it round his man. He's beat three or four men, got it out to Charlie. We scored in 15 seconds. Like, it's just absolutely fantastic. And his goal as well, like, that shows the calibre of player that we, we wanted to buy. Like, that's where yeah. that's where he was last season, like, breaking the lines. It took two touches for him to get through three players. He took a touch of his chest, brought it down, one touch with his left foot, and then drills it in with his left foot. That's the Zeki Amduni that we thought we were buying. And all we need now is to get that consistent because that was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, he was fantastic yesterday. And he has he's probably been my most frustrating player to watch. Not mm -hmm. in the fact that he's just downright dreadful because he isn't, but you can see the quality there. And that's why he's been frustrating. He's, he, he regularly gives the ball away um, in positions where he shouldn't. He regularly tries to do stuff in positions that he shouldn't. But yesterday was just perfect. He was mm -hmm. perfect, but he wasn't the only one. But we will get into that. I just want to pick up on a comment from Colin. He says, just recovering from a heart attack on Thursday. So great to be here. Well, Colin, get well soon, mate. Um, that that's uh, that, that's big boy stuff, that mate. So, hope you well. Uh, speaking of big boy stuff, Neil has got a cold. That's not big boy stuff at all. Uh, he says he failed a late <laughs> fitness test. So, he says, Morning, chaps. Sorry, I can't be. I don't even think he's got a cold. He's just lost his voice, which to be fair is quite important for the stream. Um, yeah, so, it's understandable why he's not here. Um, but yeah, Colin, get well soon. Neil, get some lem sip and shut up, mate. Come on, yeah. Yeah, um, but obviously Zeki's not the only one that played well. Um, there's others that played better, and I will get into them in a minute. But I was very impressed with Jay. The entire yeah. front line, like the wingers, were perfect. But Jay's had a lot of stick recently. I myself have said he's he's probably coming onto the past it side, and I feel like the performances have justified some of the comments. But yesterday he was fantastic as well. Obviously, the goal after 15 seconds will help his confidence massively in the match. But he played very well, linking up well with the wingers, linking up well with Zeki, and obviously got the goal as well. Yeah, I think he's. I think the thing that we're always going to get with Jay Rodriguez is like he's always going to be consistently all right, um, and I, I don't actually think he's been that bad in in recent weeks. I genuinely just think we've not played to his strengths at all. The balls haven't really been going into the box, and if he's having to come deep to receive the ball at his age now, there's no way he's receiving the ball deep, playing it out wide, and then he's able to get back into the box in time. So I do, I do just think we just. We really, really, really just played to everybody's strengths yesterday. Like, in, in my opinion, like uh, Vitinho was fantastic at right back. He was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Like defensively, he was class. So all these people that have been saying like, "Oh yeah," um, you know. And again, I know we're playing Sheffield United and ten men for most of the game, but like his ability defensively was really, really good still. But his ability going forward was he almost he gave us an extra winger on that right hand side, which was just unreal. 
Brun Larson was fantastic. We've been I, saying he should start well, for a while, and I think he justified that yesterday. He was fantastic. Such a player in, like, we signed him on loan. We were going to buy him. For, I think he's in his in his claws, like a million pounds to buy him outright. Like Not get sure. it, sign it now, because the kid is very very good. Like, and he's a player that I thought was going to come in and be like. JBG, you know, like a technical player, but not like rapid. He's pretty yeah. fast and he's got a lot yeah. of technical ability and I didn't expect it. Yeah, so yes. absolutely fantastic from him. And then 1.5, Chris research, love it. Um, well, Sander Burge, that debate is done. Hamer, see you later, mate. Like Sander Burge, what an unbelievable player he is for us. And the fact that he's now, and, and no disrespect to Cullen, I know he's in a a, a tweet or a tweet, whatever, uh, a comment already um, saying, you know, Cullen's injured and stuff like that. In my opinion, Cullen doesn't get into this team because I agree not right I agree. now, because this is a winning team that we've got now, like, and, and in this system. And I do think we need to, we need to build on that because there's so much to build on from that game. You know, like uh, a five, no win is emphatic, regardless of 10 men, it's still emphatic. And, yeah, the performance was paramount for me. Like the performance was fantastic. We didn't stop. We didn't let up. We just kept going and tried to go for the throw, and that's what we've needed to do. Now we can go to Wolves with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder and be like, okay, we are here to put in a shift. We're not here to just get turned over every week. We can go to Wolves and get stuff. We can play Everton and win. Like these next couple of games are are going to be fantastic, hopefully. And if we can get a similar levels of performance absolutely fantastic such good performances from so many of them like you can't even pinpoint one player no you can't but we're going to try it we're going to try and do it later um but it, it's good to sit here and talk about how good certain players are you mentioned vitino as well i did i did want to chat about that but you've done it already but fantastic you were good going forward you were good at defending he's been one where there's been some debate about his position recently but i think i think yesterday you can say that that position is probably his now for the foreseeable until a suspension or an injury or or, or he regresses a little bit which on yesterday's evidence i can't see it uh, so he was fantastic been some debate about O'Shea. But O'Shea was decent as well yesterday. He mm. played well. I I was one of the play, uh, players. I wish I were a player. One of the fans before the match uh, yesterday saying to probably bring Ekdal in and that would be the only change. Um, but O'Shea played brilliantly yesterday. Uh, very, very impressed with him. Impressed with them all. Like Everybody played very, very well. Uh, but I do want to highlight the wingers. You've mentioned Brune Larson there as well. But Zeki, I'm doing it. Uh, not Zeki, I'm doing it. <laughs> the winger, what's he called? Luca Colliosho. Oh. Like, absolutely. Like, He's so good. Like, I know yeah. I've waxed lyrical about him every week, and there's people that wax lyrical about certain players every week. Luca's mine. Like, I love him. Like, mm. I think because when I were a footballer, I had dreadful feet, and I always appreciate players that have like incredible feet. Mm. And his feet are special. Like, that kid is going to do very, very well in his career. He's going to go to the top, I think. Uh, but how good re yesterday? Oh, mate. He, like, the thing is, we've been saying it for weeks. Like, it it sound it gets drowned out with like how poor we have been. Like you can you almost feel like you don't want to put a full twenty minutes into like saying how good Cole Osho has been when you've come away losing five two. Like, but genuinely, he is so good and he is so amazing at taking his man on and beating his man. And the yeah. second the second he missed that chance, I'm like. I'm, I'm nearly there in group chat. Like, I told you, it's his finishing ability. It's his final ball. And then he's gone. Like, yes. Thank God. Like, because he needs it. And now that is he does. such a confidence yeah. boost for him. And 
now he can really kick on and say, all right, now I am just going to shoot. And I am when I do work my way into the box, I'm just going to have a go because eventually it will come and he's managed to get his goal. And I'm so pleased for him. I think the only the the only downside to the game was Masengo didn't get in. Like I didn't even get a couple of minutes. Like I'd have, I'd have just I'd have loved to have seen Masengo get five minutes in that game. But that that's the only negative you can take from that game. Like everything was spot on. All performances are fantastic. Luca was unbelievable again, like beating his man. His goal topped it off. Like, oh, yeah. just fantastic. And even subs as well. Like, all the subs that came on, Trezor looked better. I know he only touched the ball about eight times, but he looked like he was in a 5 0 winning team. Like, you know, he, he was, he, he knocked the ball through, uh, what's, what, what, uh, who is it for them? John Flex legs. He knocked the ball through John Flex legs, like, just as he came on. They were like, unreal. Unbelievable. Just so, yeah, oh, please, everything's just so happy. I'm just such a happy boy this morning. <laughs> it, it feels, it feels like a full time show from last season. This doesn't. Yeah, it? It we're does. we're, we're really actually does. in a good mood. It's class, um, and uh, thankfully that's been reflected in the comments. Um, I didn't actually see that from Trezor. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't, didn't see it because I were there. Um, but um, it's, it's I, I was wondering how he played. I couldn't really tell. Um, but I, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that he played well. I do want to mention Corley Osho again because. I know we've I know we've watched a look about him already, but he's probably my favourite player this season. If I'm being honest, he he's he's what he's to me what Nathan Teller was last year. I absolutely mm. love the guy. He gets the ball and he runs at players, um, but it, it it like you said, he's the only one that gets the ball and runs at players. And he had what is it Baldock? Uh, he had mm. him and Harmer doubling up on him, and he was still getting past him. He's just so good. I absolutely I absolutely love the kid. Um, and it, I know a lot of people will probably go stand up for the man of the match. And don't put your man of the match comments in there yet, please. I know some of you will. I'm asking you now, don't do it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have that debate later on, but I will probably go for Luca again. I absolutely love the kid. Like, mm -hmm. If I was still getting names on the back of my shirt, I will get Coley Oshaw. Maybe not if it's still 50p a letter like it was the last yeah, time. I did it. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, Trafford as well, like uh, yeah. a lot, a lot's been said about Trafford, uh, including from us. Uh, we have said, we I think we even said it as much as last week. We agreed that Trafford isn't the problem, but yeah, we probably would have had uh, Murich in instead of Trafford. But he played well yesterday. I know some people have said, mainly the Facebook dads, um, have said on 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 in the comments that he didn't have much to do. And yes, he obviously wasn't called upon as much as he would have been in, in some of the other games. But the things that he had to do, he did well. He saved a long-range shot, which I think was from Ali Norwood in the first half. He came out and smothered that chance in the second half. He came and punched a couple of crosses as well. Um, so he was he were good yesterday. And the fact that we kept a clean sheet as well will do mm -hmm. his confidence. You were mentioning Coley Oshaw's confidence from the finish earlier. I, th I think the one person that needed... <laughs> uh, a, a, a confidence boost was um, was uh, Trafford, and he played brilliant yesterday. And his best mate Thogden was in was in the stands as well. Um, and I, I actually make a very slight appearance in that video, the back of my head. If you haven't watched it yet, so it's good <laughs> yeah. to link up Thogden. It's good to link up. Um, but yeah, what what did you make of Trafford? Yeah, I mean, as as much as much as I I do think he did better, and, I, and I'm not going to dispute that. Like, I'm also not going to go the other way and be like, oh, he was unbelievable because he did have a lot less to do. Like, but the things that he did have to do, he did brilliantly. Like his claiming of crosses, uh, his distribution was a lot better. Um, you know, kind of could have something to do with the amount that Sheffield United pressed us. Like, I don't think they pressed as high as other teams have done. Um, so he had a little bit more time to distribute the ball. But other than that, like, I, I mean, you know, we've said it for a few weeks now, like he's not the issue anymore. Like he, he was at one point, 
Like, in my opinion, he was. He didn't help us start attacks. He also created a lot of issues for us going forward. Now he doesn't do that. And whenever he does get whenever he does get an opportunity to play the ball at now, it is normally pretty spot on. His claiming of crosses is brilliant. Hopefully, you know, that just keeps coming. He's, a clean sheet is unbelievable for him. Like, it's so good. You could see when Vitinho stood up um, right at the end of the game, uh, he stood up his man on, like, the 93rd minute. And you could see how much it meant to Trafford that they stopped them even getting a consolation goal. He was so pleased to get his first clean sheet. Was it his first clean sheet? I think it is. Was it? Yeah, it was. I think it's his first clean sheet this season. So to get his first clean sheet this season is absolutely fantastic and really pleased for him. And hopefully he can kick on as well. But there's, there just it just feels like a turning point. Like regardless of who you've played and the situation that we've played, like, We've won five nil in the Premier League. That doesn't just happen. They could they they shut up shop after that. Like they literally shoved everybody behind the ball, and we still scored three goals in second half. Like we genuinely and the positive signs have been there over the last couple of weeks as well. Like when we played Palace, when we played West Ham. Yes, they're frustrating, but now we're in this position where we've just gone and won five nil, and it almost becomes a little a, a thing now where you're kind of saying, okay, just like last season, it didn't work for a while. Now we've got. We've played Palace, lost 2-0, but played better. We've played West Ham. We were winning for a lot of the game. We should have got points from that game, but didn't. Now we've gone on 1-5-0. Now there is some optimism for the next couple of games. And now I'm optimistic again. And that is such a positive feeling. Like, if we go next week and lose, again, I won't be bothered because we won 5-0 the week before. So then when we do go to Everton, we can turn around and say, well, we're confident again because we won 5-0. We've proven we can score goals and we've proven we can beat teams. Like, that that's now what that, that that's now oh, honestly mate I'm just so buzzing so buzzing I can't even explain it and and you make a good point though because that that that's the feeling that obviously we all have as fans but the players will have that as well so they'll mm. be going into these games with confidence and that's massive like you could see you could see the shoulders drop you could see the heads drop when when we when we conceded against West Ham you just knew yeah. that West Ham were going to get a second or at the very least we weren't coming back and winning it whereas if we went one 0 down at Wolves now. I'd be like, okay, you know, maybe we have the confidence to be able to come back and do it. But yeah, obviously, three winnable fixtures coming up as well. I think off the top of my head, it is Wolves away, then Brighton away, then it's Everton at home. Uh, if I remember rightly, apologies if I got something wrong um, on that. We've got Fulham tried to get... that as well. Yeah, then Fulham after that as well. Then, or is it Liverpool in between it's then? Liverpool and then Fulham, isn't it? Is, is it right? Yeah. So, so, you know, there's, there's four winnable games in the next five, you mm. know, and. <laughs> it sounds so different from what we were saying last week, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's it amazing what a win does to win it. So you hit the nail on the head. It's it's just such a positive feeling, mate. Like without without like like obviously we've had a lot of things to talk about from a negative standpoint this season because there hasn't been a lot of positives. Like regardless of how people want to like try and sugarcoat it all, like it hasn't been great. Like we we have struggled this season. This game is now one of those positions where like. Forget the, the 10 games that came before it and just look at these last few. If we go over everything that we've been told and we've talked about, you know, from the documentary, we've talked about training sessions and players coming in and fitting the system and understanding the system. Yeah. And we saw it again last season where we played 15-odd games in the championship last season. Didn't look unbelievable. We were in and around it, but we didn't look unbelievable. And then the second half of the season and the latter stage of the first half, like, we were unbelievable. We beat so many teams. We went 10 games undefeated, like, oh, 10 games winning. Like, we just yeah. we never looked like we were going to lose games. And now it does feel like performances have 
got better from Palace, got better from West Ham. And now we've gone on one 5-0. It's like, now what is next? Like, and I do think part of it has come from like a little bit more, you know, um, we've got a little bit more optimism with the fact that like, I do feel like we've found a relatively consistent team now. Like we know Browning yeah. and Sander Berger in midfield. So you know that. I would now play Brun Larson on the right-hand side and start him. If he doesn't work, I don't even think, like, I know Redmond only touched the ball for, like, five five or six times, but I don't think he looked out of place when he came on. Same with Trezor. Like, what we're wanting now is those types of substitutions, not pushing Brown out at right-hand side and things like that. Not, you know, not um, just make those positive substitutions. And, and like I say, everything kind of came together yesterday to be, like, a really perfect performance, like, Everybody played well. Similar, uh, same starting eleven has been pretty consistent recently. Luke has been fantastic. You know, Amduni getting on the ball is brilliant. Like from Larson, effectively solidifying that right midfield spot. The only position, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, the only position that I would probably say, without disrespecting Jay, after we've spoke about how well he's done, is having another striker available. Like obviously, there is there is links with us to Chubarakpom from Ajax, like. I, I don't know how solid they are, but I, I do Except think... I've seen them. No, but I, I do think without Lyle being available right now for obvious reasons, and we still wish him a speedy recovery, we are still light in that position. However, yeah, in saying that, I thought Obafiri looked really good when he came on. <laughs> and I was so gutted when he missed that chance. I was like, it just, yeah. if he just scored, I'd have been like, Obafiri starts next week, get him in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's mad, like literally everybody played well. Like even the players that came on, as we mentioned, Obafemi, uh, Redmond, uh, Trezor, you know, all did relatively well when we came on. So that obviously then begs the question: Were we good, or were they just absolutely dreadful, or is it a mixture of both? Which I think personally is like I said on the yeah. family action: like don't take anything away from us. Yes, they were poor, but we played well as well. And you can only play what's put in front of you. But in the pockets that they were leaving for us, which what mm-hmm. other teams wouldn't do, we were exploiting them very, very well with a lot of technical quality. But do you think it's a bit of a mixture of how bad they were and how good we were? Yeah, I think I think you'd be I think you'd be a bit naive to not look at it from that standpoint. Obviously, they are not a fantastic team. We haven't been either. Um, so when teams come up against us, they they might say the same. You know, like when Wolves come to us next week or we go to them, can't remember. Um, like they might think, oh, we're playing Burnley. Like it is a mix of the it is a mix of the two. However, I'm very happy with how this season's gone to lean on the Burnley being unbelievable side. Like I'd rather lean on that because there's so many positives to take. And yes, we're playing a lesser team that doesn't perform very well week in, week out. Um, but we also exploited every single avenue and still managed to score two goals before they went a man down and then scored three goals when they had 10 men. And that comment says it perfectly. We made them look like they're not great, but we made them look worse than they are. Yeah. And that is down to us because we were brilliant. I mean, it's worth remembering that they recently drew at Brighton, as somebody said in the comments. Yeah. Uh, they mm-hmm. recently won a match. I can't remember who they beat, but they, it was Wolves. So the next two games, yeah. you know, the, all right, I think I think Wolves were robbed pretty much on, <laughs> on some VAR fronts, if I remember rightly. But what, the next the two games, yeah, the next two more, games we're playing honestly. teams that have got yeah. something against Sheffield United. So yeah, we did. Make, yes, they, I, I agree with that. We made them look bad. Yes, they are bad, but we made them look worse than what they are. And the fact that they've mm. had results against Everton, all right, when Everton were crap, Everton have turned the corner now, um, and. Um, 
Brighton and Wolves and frustrated City to a point and frustrated yeah. Tottenham to a point just shows how well we actually did yesterday. Yeah, I think I think like I said, there's just it's the way we played. Like I think, and, and like like I said, <clears throat> I can only really remember it from like how I viewed the game. But like that right hand side, like Vitinho just it, it was such a nightmare for him. Like because he doesn't stop running, he he just doesn't stop buzzing around the pitch. Like he was breaking the line every time. So he was always in for a pass down the line and he, and he step overs and he beat a man constantly and he'd, he'd drill it across the box or he cut back and he had a chance for himself where he nearly scored. Like he was on fire yesterday. And I really think that that makes a positive difference because it's similar to when we have Matson on left-hand side. If you have more yeah. numbers going forward, you can double it up and you can interchange and, and you know, your fullback can bomb on and stuff like that without disrespecting Connor Roberts, because I do still like Connor Roberts, he hasn't done that for us this season. He was so good yesterday, Vitinho. And we, we just had so many positive performances in so many positions. And it's just so nice to see, like, Brownell was class. Burge was class. That midfield was so solid. Nobody could get through it. So then when we did have anything, we literally just mopped everything up. Went straight back to Bayer. Bayer was good. When Ekdal came on, he looked comfortable, like... You know, Daryl Shea was brilliant. Charlie was class again. Like, what a ball into box that was as well. And everything just came together yesterday. And I just think you, all you've got to do now is just sit back and really, really, really enjoy that win and hope that we can kick on and get and, and keep kicking on going forward because that, that is something to build on for sure. 100%, 100%. And it shows what type of person you are as well, because yesterday I was putting tweets out, obviously very happy that Burnley had won a game and won a game 5-0 in the Premier League. And I saw, um, uh, what's it called? Burnley Stats, Dave. Dave Burnley Stats, I can't remember his last name. Um, putting a tweet out yesterday showing that the last time we won 5-0 at home was like ages ago. And I was like, yeah. obviously you've got to be happy. But some of the comments straight back were, it's Sheffield United, lads, calm down. From Burnley fans, like, enjoy the moment. We might get yeah, tanked to Wolves and then, and then constantly be shite again for the rest of the season like we have been so far. Um, but obviously we mentioned pretty much every player um, apart from one, Charlie Taylor. He played well yeah. as well yesterday, didn't he? Obviously put a brilliant ball in for Jay as well. Um, I think it was Charlie, wasn't it? it, it yeah. He pro he probably hit that ball at around 13 seconds and then it takes, you know, 2.8 seconds to get into the net. What a ball mm -hmm. that were, and he played well as well. I, I, I messaged Dad straight after and I just said, like, don't you think it's absolutely hilarious that Burnley have managed to score with two players that last played in a dive team? <clears throat> like, it, it's just hilarious, isn't it? Like, Burnley finally managed to get a goal going 1-0 up against a team in a game where you really, really, really need something, and it's Charlie Taylor whipping ball into the box to Jay Rodriguez. Um, but no, uh, like, it's just, honestly, it's just it, it's just fantastic. And Charlie, Taylor's, Charlie Taylor, I think rightfully so from us on the podcast, have been giving him such praise because I do think, yeah. like, of all the players in the team, he's the one that was almost ostracised from the team last season, told he wasn't going to play, basically spent the entire pre-season playing him with like a second team constantly, never being told he was going to be in first team, played a centre-half there for the first couple of weeks, you know, before we actually managed to put him into the and team. And then a right-back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and now what he's doing is he's showing everybody what Charlie Taylor is capable of. We said it for ages and I said it at the start of the season, Charlie Taylor was always one of my favourite players in all the Dice teams. He he was one of our most creative players at left-back back then. So 
putting him in this team, obviously he'll play less of a type of role than Matson did, but he, he's still such a good player, so clever, so and and so defensively sound as well. Like that's the thing that Charlie gives you. He is. I never feel worried when Charlie Taylor's defending. So whenever he gets forward, I'm like, sound, do what you like. Because every time he seemed to put a ball into the box, every header we scored in the, under the dice here, it felt like it was either McNeil or Charlie Taylor putting ball into the box. And yesterday he's done exactly the same. Charlie Taylor deserves all the plaudits because he was wrote off by everybody, just like Barnes was last season. And he's turned it around. Absolutely fantastic. Buzzing for him. Yeah, it were class. It were class. I'm going to bring in some player ratings. They don't normally do this, uh, but the pl- player ratings aren't normally aren't normally great to watch. Uh, it's great to see. Um, but on ours, I, I, that's not the best. I'll try and zoom in a bit for you, uh, boys and girls. Um, but if obviously ours is on the left, Sheffield United is on the right. Uh, and for those listening on the podcast, I'll just quickly go through. So you have got Trafford who gets a rating of seven point four, uh, Charlie Taylor who gets seven point seven, Bayer who gets seven point six. Uh, O'Shea, 7.9. Vitinho, 7.7. Coley Oshaw, only 7.8, which I'm surprised at. Um, Brownell, 8.8. Burge, only 7.4, which I'm surprised yeah, at. That, that, um, that's the madness, is that? Clearly yeah. didn't watch the game. Larson, 7.7. And Dunet, 9, who gets yeah. their man of the match. Uh, and Rodriguez, 7.9. Now, I think I think the reason why Burge uh, got, gets a low one is because is he didn't get a, a goal or an assist. And obviously, stuff like yeah, that maybe. will, will, will yeah. bump stats up quite uh, sorry these ratings up quite highly but it's great to see a lot of players get a lot of positive shout outs there isn't it yeah absolutely mate i mean you know and and the thing is as well like necessary so necessary like the and you know rightfully so as well we have all we have all absolutely slated some of these players and rightfully so because in but in certain areas some of these players yeah. haven't done what they're meant to do like over the last couple of weeks, I've been a little bit less on players and more about team performance. Like it's because b- before it felt like individuals, you know, like you could look back at the start of the season and say Connor Roberts weren't doing this, Trafford weren't doing that, uh, you know, too much tinkering from the manager. Now it, it then it became the performances were better, but we still managed to lose. We still did this. We still did that. This this here is an overall fantastic performance. Everybody on the pitch deserves praise. Because we actually played fantastic, like and and every single one of them, like you don't look at the team and say he was carried throughout the game and it was ten players and he was just there. Every single one of them deserves a shout out for that performance. It was absolutely fantastic. It was brilliant, like in every way, shape, or form. Burge getting a seven point four. Still think it should be higher, but Santa Burge is slowly becoming one of my favourite players because he's just so good. He's been put. He's been put in a role that he's not you know, necessarily, well, people wouldn't say is his best role and he's making it his best role because he's absolutely brilliant at it. Having Brownell next to him probably gives him a little bit of reassurance in the nicest possible yeah. way to Cullen. I do absolutely love Josh Cullen, but I do think the Brownell-Burge centre midfield partnership is where it's at. And then, like that, I mean, for me, I understand why you're going Coley Osho because you like him, but, mate, there's no other man of the match other than Zeki Amdouni. He was absolutely phenomenal. He was good. That's he the player good. that we spent £18 million on. He's the player that, you know, people were raving about us buying because he's he's, he's a Swiss beast and he's, absolute, he's one of the best young up-and-coming players in the world and he was on all these lists of strikers that are going to become good. And he was absolutely brilliant. That goal rounds it off. 
unbelievable. His first touch ability, unbelievable. The way he beats his man is class. He was he was absolutely toying with defenders yesterday. So for me, yeah. he's oh honestly, he's just so good. And it was so nice to watch as well. I loved it. It was class, he away, He's like duking left and right. He's like, oh, come yeah. get the ball. Oh, never mind. Oh, I'm going this way. Oh, see you later. Loved it. Unreal. Yeah, Danny Astin says he's like our little Zola is Zeke. I think that's quite a good comparison, to be fair. But um, Sam's gone early with the man of the match out, so get yours in now. Um, obviously, I've already, to be fair, I said man a lot earlier. So I went for Luca. I, I'm quite biased. Uh, Neil's the president of the Muirich fan club. I think I'm the president and owner and founder <laughs> of the... Um, I'm doing a fan club. Um, but sorry, not I'm doing it. I get it mixed up all the time. I don't I'll know why. I'll yeah. have that role. I don't mind. Yeah, that. you can have that role. Uh, the Corley Osho fan club. Um, but Fanatis, I hope I pronounced that right, mate, uh, says Zeke. Uh, as I said, Sam says Zeke. Mm -hmm. uh, Danny Astin says, our little zone with Zeke, as I've mentioned. Graham907 um, says, I'm doing it. Uh, yeah. Harry says, Bird put Zeke and Luca. Uh, far behind, uh, I think he means but. Um, I've missed one. I've missed one. Uh, Johan the Great says Trafford. He kept a clean sheet. Hey, you know, can't can't knock it. Can't well, knock it. Alan, yeah, no, 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 it's not. He did what he had to do. He did well. Alan says yeah. Burge, especially against his old team. The only thing that frustrated me about Burge, uh, you know what? I always get confused with his surname, but I've said Burge now. The only thing I get confused with him yesterday is he was getting into good shooting positions and he didn't shoot. Now, I don't know if he's got a dreadful shot on him or what, but he got into some decent <laughs> shooting positions yesterday and I just thought, it's it, man, it's it. You're playing your own team. I'd love a thunderbolt against these from you. But he just didn't. But he he, he, he ran that midfield. like He was fantastic. Like you said, Brownell giving him a bit of that freedom as well. But, um, yeah, I don't want to go too much into it because we already mentioned it as well. Milltown says Burge. Mike says Burge. I've already mentioned Alan. Simon says close between Burge and I'm doing it. We've got to plump for Zeke. Uh, True Red says Trafford. That's Trafford's second shout. I hope, you, I hope you're watching, James, because uh, I haven't told Reese about someone at the club uh, that James, not that he watches the channel, I'm sure I'm sure he doesn't, but but he reads social media and stuff like that. Like So all these negative comments that he's been getting stick for, he's one of the players that does read them. So yeah. he will probably been getting a little bit affected by it. So it's great to see the fan base. And someone in the comments earlier said it's people being fickle. It's people buzzing for a win is what it is. And it's great to see the fan base giving him a lot of, um, a lot of praise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he he's a player that needs it. Like he he he's one of the players that needs the confidence boost most because we've shipped a lot of goals this season. Like uh, not all of them down to him. In fact, a lot of them not down to him. A lot of it's down to to that defense. And, and in fairness, as well, that's another point. That defense needs that as well. That defense yeah, needs 100%, the, clean the entire defensive unit needs. Yeah, not not just him. They, like I say, regardless of whether or not you want to say, you know, go the go the other way and say like, oh, they were rubbish and da, 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 they didn't do anything at goal. They, they were actually still trying at ten men. They had a couple of couple of half chances at ten men. Like they still had to be on the ball. I think the thing that they were really good with these defenders the other day was they were classy playing the ball out from the back. Like. They were really good at getting the ball straight into a right midfielder rather than going full back first. It was just straight out. We were getting the ball to where it needed to go early. And I think that really that, that was a really positive thing. I'm buzzing for all of them. I'm buzzing for Trafford for his first clean sheet. I'm buzzing for uh, I'm buzzing for the defence managing to get the 
managing to get that one of their first clean sheets of the season. Like I just think we've we've really we really have to kick on now from this this result and this performance and really say now now we've proven that yes, okay, the other argument could be, you know, it's two teams that are in the relegation zone, two teams that aren't at the standard for this league. You could argue that. The other side of it is we've proven that by beating that team 5-0 that we can go up against anybody and perform in the same way and get results. Like we could go, we can now go to Wolves with with a, a real chip on our shoulder and say, this is the game where we're like, right, we've just won 5-0 before this. Play the same way, play for each other, play as a unit and we'll beat Wolves. Like, we'll, or, or we'll get results from Wolves, we'll get results from Everton, we'll beat, we'll, we'll get results from Brighton. Like, And that's the mentality that we should have. And it is such a lovely such a lovely feeling to go into a Sunday. Happy. It's it is, isn't it? I love it. It is, isn't oh. it? I, I was I tweeting this morning, like, morning clarets, and I've not done that all season. Like, I, I love a Sunday morning tweet. It's just so basic, so simple. Morning clarets, and everyone's buzzing because everyone's everyone just yeah. responds to it and interacts with it because they're just happy that, that we've got it. If I put morning clarets up after, you know, the, the drubbing against Spurs, I probably got told to piss off and blocked off some people. So it, it, it's good. it's good that we can go the other way. Um, I do want to talk about Sheffield United, though. Uh, I know we've mentioned it briefly that they were pretty bad. I don't want to go into that again. But <clears throat> some of the challenges and some of the tactics that they had, I've seen a few comments in the chat already. I've not seen it back again. You may have done about um, McBurney's first elbow. Yes. Obviously, he got sent off for a second yellow, which some oh, people said should have been a straight red and that challenge alone. But the first one should have been a straight red as well. It was, it's just dirty, isn't it? It's just typical... I'm going to say typical Sheffield United, but I don't mean that in the sense that they've always been like that. But I think for the last few years, they have been, especially with players like McBurney in there. And when yeah. we were 2-0 up, they were obviously frustrated and they were trying to drag it back down to their level. And they got what they deserved by getting the man sent off, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, first of all, I don't I don't hate McBurney. Like, I actually think he's he's actually an all right, he's actually an all right striker. Um but he lets himself down with situations like that. He 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 always has those moments yeah, in him. He does stupid stuff. That that quite, mate, that often. first one. How have VAR looked at that and said it's not? The only way that you can say it, maybe. And even then, I'm thinking like I'm probably two percent on, like backing it. But like he was looking at the ball. But at the same time, he knows his man's there, and he's yeah. I think the intent's there. So that, that the intent, intent to harm, which is a red card. And again, and I don't want to go into a whole VAR discussion again, but it just proves how incompetent VAR is. Like the fact that it had, to, it took two yellow cards for the same incident to create a red card for an incident that's a red card on its own. Like you, it, it, it just baffles me, mate. Like it's just it's it's so it's it's so silly, and 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 it's silly from his perspective. But then I also thought like. Um, they put a lot of silly tackles in, like John Fleck did one like yeah. 13 minutes into the game and it was just like, why have you done that? The weirdest tactic I saw was when Trezor came on and he came on that left-hand side, Jaden Vogel never actually tried to tackle the ball off him, but just kept trying to run into him. Like, not he literally didn't try and sh shepherd him away. He didn't try and stand him up. He just kept running into him. So, like, Trezor had, like, turn and play it back. And then as Trezor went to run, Jaden Bogle would just run into him. And then he'd step back and then Trezor would get the ball, play it to the side. And he literally just kept, he just kept running into him. And I'm just like, it's such a hecking bottom way of playing. Like without, with no, <laughs> genuinely without going into too much detail about it, 
Paul Heckingbottom is one of the worst football managers I've ever seen in my life. His tactics are boring. He's such a weird manager. Like, I just, and how on earth he's a Premier League manager is ridiculous. I don't get it. I don't get his tactics. I don't get his, I don't get how him and the board have worked in unison to sell and die and not, and not replace him. I know that's not necessarily all down to him, but then he just, he doesn't set his team up like, in a way where you actually think like, oh, they're going to play really well here. Like they almost play like like an American football team, like a defensive line and all they try and do yeah. is just hit you all the time. Like there's no fun to that. And I do feel for Sheffield United fans because unfortunately, while you have got Heckenbottom in charge, there is absolutely no way you're going to have any fun at all because he needs such is, a boring manager. It's potentially out of the... Out of the out of the fire into the frying pan or whatever the saying is, because yeah. they're talking about getting Wilder back, and that's it's better than Hecke, but it's it's a similar sort of style. Uh, I do want to mention a comment here from Harry. He says Dara hardly touched him for his yellow either. Can't be throwing his elbows down and going exactly, mate. That was right in front of me. That was right in front of me, and I was fuming with that because I don't think there was any contact. I don't think there was any contact at all. And he goes down, and it was pathetic. I even I was that. That few, and I even got before and I took a picture of him lying up floor. I don't know why. It's pathetic. I just thought I'd take a picture and, and put it on and slide yeah, him off. I think Dara played the situation though, like he just had the elbow and then he'd gone in to try and win the ball back off, off McBurney and he's gone down, like, because he's going to do that because he, he is that type of player, like, He's, like, yeah. he's the kind of player that's like, oh, I've just elbowed you and got away with a red card, so I'm now going to get you a yellow card. Like He just is that kind of player. So I, I feel like Dara could have just pulled away slightly, but it would bounce up and won it. Like, it, it, it was like written in the stars from the elbow. Like The elbow happened, 30 seconds later, Dara O'Shea tries to win the ball off him, or miraculously with his yellow card with no contact. Like, it would just bound to happen. It was so infuriating at that point because they had two yellows when they could have easily had a red and four yellows. And then all of a sudden we had a yellow. It was so frustrating. Mm. But like, like you said, I don't want to talk about VAR too much. I don't want to chat about the referee too much. No. You've mentioned um, going into the Wolves game and then the Brighton game and all the other games now with a bit of confidence. What's the thinking now? Is it too early to be like we're going to go on a run and we, we could potentially stay up, or is it just a case of well, at least now we're not be like we're not going to all be like well, we're definitely down like some Burnley fans this time last week. I think I think every Burnley fan will be like, hold on, we've got a fighting chance now. Is that how you feel? Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That comment of who did Fleck go through the back of it was Brownell. Um, But... It, I, I think what we need to do is we need to keep his feet firmly planted on the ground because we don't want we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But 
there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that this team is now capable from that 5-0 win of going into games more competitive. Whether that means we win, whether that means we just pick up points, in my opinion, I said from these five games, I want to see nine points. From the five games, from this game and the other four, I want to see nine points. And if we can get nine points from those from those games, that is unbelievable. Like, and, and if we get nine points, like that puts us back in touching distance of other teams. Everton winning wasn't great, but it is what it is. This, they are still behind us. Um, we now need to be looking at the, that Wolves game, that Fulham game, that Everton game as we can't lose. That's it. Don't look yeah. at it from a perspective of, Oh, I did Everton go above it. Oh, goal difference, yeah, whatever. Yeah, goal difference. Um, but like, like for example, if we win the next game, we're on ten points. Okay, so we're above Luton, let's say. So we're out of the relegation zone. Then if Bournemouth yeah. don't manage to win their game in hand, they play at home to Villa today. So hopefully Villa can do us a job and and win. I don't know. Have they got Ollie Watkins? Because I swear he got injured the other day. That I'm could not sure. be a bit of a difference. Um, but anyway, um, hopefully Duran has a masterclass. Um, so Bournemouth not picking any points up in the next two weeks would be ideal. If we can go and get some points and get Justin behind them, Nottingham Forest are out of it yet. Like 100% agree. They're win. getting properly dragged into it. Yeah, we're close. We're closing in. That if we can, that like I say, if we can get two more wins, right, that puts us on 13 points, okay? Let's say in a hypothetical world, none of the other teams pick up any points. That means that we're in touching distance of Fulham, Forest, Wolves, Bournemouth, Luton, and we can catch them. We just have to be consistent. We we, we just have, we have to make sure that we're picking points up in nearly every game. Like, we need to be getting at least a point in all those games, at least. We just can't lose three out of the four because yeah. that would be devastating. They're such winnable games and I'd be quite sad if we lost all. If we, if we didn't come away with points, I'd be quite sad. Well, yeah, but but that, I think that's the reason why we are where we are. Like We've had these winnable games recently. Like We've had West Ham at home, lost. We've had Palace at home, lost. We've had Bournemouth away, Brentford away, lost them both. So we need to now take this group of winnable games and make them count. But it's good to see that the confidence is back um, because uh, Michael Sullivan says 10 match winning streak starts now. Um, Harry says top eight. So it's amazing what a win can do, isn't it? But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now looking, I say up the table. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking up the table thinking, you know, we can finish in the top half uh, and, and as such, but now we've got the win and I'm now looking at what teams above us are on points where I wasn't even checking them out this time last week. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, what's the point? We're not, we're not going to catch them. Um, so that, that that's a good sign. That's a positive. I do think Luton still go down. I know they've had a, I know they've, I know they've had a good start and a lot of their fans are getting giddy on Twitter, uh, but I still think they go down. There's only so much you can do when you're just trying to, just trying to bully your way through games, they will eventually mm-hmm. fall into the relegation zone. I think I, I, I wasn't too bothered about Everton's win yesterday, personally, because I still think they stay up and they stay up comfortably. I think come the end of the season, we won't even be talking about them. Uh, Daesh has done a, a great job there, annoyingly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's not them that bother me. Bournemouth winning three out of the last five has bothered me. 
Um, but yeah, we need to start winning these games, mainly, as you mentioned, to drag the likes of Forest and to drag the likes of Fulham into it. And mm-hmm. if we win on Tuesday when we play Wolves, they could be potentially getting dragged into it because that'll be losing their last three in a row. So yeah, starting to look up. So positive signs. I, I just I, genuinely, mate, I just think we we have got an opportunity now. Like we've played everybody once, but there's now teams that we can beat. Like we can beat Everton, we can beat Luton again, we can beat Bournemouth, we can beat Fulham, we can beat um like Everton, we can beat these teams. Mm-hmm. Like we just have to we just have to be consistent in his performances. And I think that that's where we are. Um that that five nil win yesterday has obviously given us a lot of beans because we we genuinely are all nice so happy now and I I also think we deserve to be we've had so many weeks of just pfft, whatever like watch the first half an hour three nil down turn it off not even bothered like now we, we actually we actually get to enjoy this moment and then you know look optimistically into the next game which we haven't been able to do yet like we get to go to Wolves and say we can put in a performance then we've got Brighton the week after they're still in Europe so they'll they'll still be recovering from going into European games like they've got some injuries as well like they're not exactly yes they're a good team and you know of all the teams like that that's the one that worries me probably even a little bit more than Liverpool and that sounds ridiculous but it does because they're such a good team at Brighton um we can still pick up points against them. We can, we still genuinely can, we can still win at these games. And I just feel so much more optimistic going into the, into these next couple of games. And it'll be interesting to see, but we we should, like you say, we should be looking to drag teams like Forest and Fulham back into it. We should be now trying to kick on and be like, right, we're on 10 points next week. Then we're on 13 points and teams are looking over the shoulder going, bloody hell, Burnley are coming back, aren't they? Like, that's yeah. what we want. That's what we want. We don't want people to be like, Burnley beat Sheffield United and then they've lost to Wolves and then they've lost to Brighton and then they've lost to Fulham and Everton. Like, we don't want that. No, 100% agree. We need to make it count and we need to make this confidence tech us through this next set of winnable games. Um, Negatives. We've got to 53 minutes without mentioning any negatives. And in terms of performance, in terms of the performance, there wasn't any. Um, but the one for me was obviously the uh, Jordan Bear yellow card, which means he now misses yeah. a Wolves game. Um, it was, I, I don't actually recall the yellow, uh, but apparently it was for kicking the ball at when we were falling the look, which is just stupid. So if that is the case, then Jordan, if you're watching, is not, but you never know. Uh, that was stupid, mate. Uh, he, he might have just fancied a week off, he might have just fancied a week off. Who knows? But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a birthday every year, <laughs> yeah. But it's if you're gonna get a, if you're gonna get a suspension to one of your centre backs, now's the time to do it because Ekdal's back. So yeah. straight swap Ekdal for Bayer, surely. Yeah, I mean, even when he came on, like he kind of backed up instantly with like the first run that he did, like that we've been saying about how much of a clever centre back he is. Like he literally yeah. got the ball. Took one turn, beat three Sheffield United players, then played it in front, like then played it to JBG and then made a run. And he was in the centre of the box, like just stood there waiting for ball. Like he's so clever when he plays football and defensively, like we know he's not fast, but 
He read every ball over the top because eventually they were just trying to lump the ball. He read every ball. He's such yeah. a clever centre half. So that's not a swap that worries me. The only thing that worries me is his fitness, his match yeah. sharpness. But he is such a brilliant centre half, and I fantastic, honestly fantastic. And I, I, I'm so pleased he's back because I've been waiting for him to come back. Swedish international yeah. for a reason. And yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Real looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, me too. Getting towards the hour mark, is there anything that we haven't mentioned that you want to talk about? Anything in the chat that anyone want, wants us wants us to give our opinion on? Because uh, I will start wrapping it up in around ten minutes or so. I think some of I think some of the subs were unfortunate not to get on, like Aaron Ramsey. I, yeah. I liked. I, I said that one of the best things that we could do is go, is get some players on now for confidence because we're in a winning position. Like, just get them into the team so we can see what some people bring. Like, those were the positions that I actually really, really want. Um, like, I really... This is a position that I wanted to play players in, not in the cup. Because if you play a young team in the cup that barely plays together, you're just out of the cup and then what's the point? Like, then you just lose the cup as, as a chance to play players. So, you might as well play half a decent team and a couple of you know, a couple of fringe players in the team. Like I say, one of my negatives was Masengo not getting on. Like, yeah. Masengo played unreal for under-21s the other day. Like, he, he probably deserved five minutes, at least, just to get a bit of fitness, just to play at the turf, just to get a feel for it, because eventually he could come into the team. I know, obviously, <laughs> the midfield was unbelievable, but, you know, I'd have liked to have seen him come on. I'd have liked to maybe seen... I'd have loved to have seen Obafemi score. I don't know why. I just love that, him. He was so close as well. I just love him. I love everything about him. And he looked sharp. He looked really good. And it he did the fair, run yeah. that our strikers did last season. Did you see the one where he was like in the centre of the box and then he just moved just to the right-hand side where he got it for his shot? So he moved in between two defenders where there was a huge gap and he made the movement yeah. to receive the ball. That's how our strikers played last season. We haven't seen enough of it this year. It, it, that that run to give himself the space to get the ball from JBG and then just turn and shoot. Like he's a player that's been with us probably for the longest of a lot of the players. And I think that did actually show in just that one move. I'd love to see him play more because I actually yeah. love him. Like I, I, and when he scores at the turf, like can you imagine how loud it'll be? Like everybody will pop off because the guy's just unreal. Like, and he'll he just, do some sick dance as well. Yeah, he, but he, he's just—he's just a really likable guy, and I really would just like to see him score and kick on and be the player that we signed him to be. Because we signed yeah. him to be a main stakes dragger, didn't we? And and obviously, it's not ended up like that. But I, I, I'd be buzzing with that. Um, I think another another talking point you could maybe mention is like the January transfer window is a month away. Like, yeah, what do you what do you strengthen now? Striker, I presume, but I then that'll just, just everything you've everything you've constantly just said about Obafemi. That yeah, if we bring out the striker and then and then Lyle's it. better, where does that leave Obafemi? Fourth choice? No, surely not. He's my first choice. <laughs> <laughs> this is what no, I mean. Like. I, think, I think striker and centre half for me. Striker, centre half, centre midfielder. Just, <laughs> just much, extra, then. just extra, extra bodies. Yeah, I'd still like another right back. And Ovitino played well yesterday, but if he got an injury, I wouldn't be too. And left back as well. Yeah, yeah left back. Which, to be which to be fair, brings me on nicely to a comment here from Matthew. He says, "Do we get a new left back in Jan or stick with Shaz? Doesn't deserve to be replaced yet." I think I, I, it's it's difficult because a lot of people will point to the fact that company would probably rather have somebody else 
than Shaz. But I agree with the last part of that sentence. I don't think he deserves to be replaced yet. And now that we have Vitinho on the right-hand side, we've got that balance back, as Sam mentioned earlier in the debate. Um, so I agree. I don't think he I don't think he deserves to be replaced yet, but I think his contract's up at the end of the year, is it? So he will probably leave at the end of the year, I would imagine. If that's true, if I'm wrong, please somebody tell me now in the comments. I'd, I'd, I'd probably stick with Charles now. I think he's played his way into that position. I think the only thing that the only player that we're bringing at left back is like he's just for cover. He just needs somebody that's there just in case he gets injured yeah. or you know just other than that. But I, I think um, I just, I just think losing players in Jan. I think no, not really. Kazar can't go back in January because. He's, we signed him permanently for 18 mil. So he's now a Burnley player. Um, losing anybody in January? Who could we lose in January? Is there anybody? No, no unless somebody comes in players. for somebody. But a lot a lot of players are, are relatively new. Unless unless somebody like Zorori left, you know, he's not getting game time. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really think I could see... I don't think I could see it. I just don't. I don't know why, because the... The logic in me says that there is a there is potential of him sat there playing really well last season. Somebody could come in with a bid, and obviously he's not playing. But yeah, I don't know. I, I would say no because I do still think it. Murich could go. Yeah, yeah that's a good shout. Murich could go. Two. I wouldn't want him to, but yeah, I, nobody will come in for Koleosho now because we'll just say no. Um, Masengo maybe a lo- I think it, it would be mostly loans I think loans would be the market um, and I think the only player that I could see really going permanently is Murich and I, to be fair I don't blame him like if Murich yeah I don't blame him out, but it would be a shame I'd, I'd be disappointed to see him leave it'd be a shame for us but I, I don't think we should stand in his way if he wants to leave and try and get first team football I think it'd be pretty unfair to do that and you know turn around to him and say we're not going to sell you you're just going to have to sit there and wait like yeah, I'd be pretty gutted if, if as a Burnley fan for Murich if that was the case. But yeah, I could oh, probably I see Murich go and and send some players out on loan. But I, I'd I'd love to see a I'd love to see a positive January transfer window. None of this all such malarkey. I don't want to see him anywhere near a Claret and Blue shirt ever again. No, that that type of transfer I don't never deal with Dinamo Zagreb ever again. Just. They're not. They don't exist. Let's just try and find some good players out there and just bring them in. That's all. To be I'll... fair, we dodged a bullet with him. He he was he was a wet wipe. He ended up leaving Ooh, Southampton, didn't he? He, he was he was pathetic. Uh, Ryan Collins said he'd send Trezor out on loan. Uh, I think I think him and Coleosho might work well, sort of like in tandem, as somebody said earlier. I, I think, in the right, chat. I, I'll tell you what. Right, just very quickly, I I, I would give Trezor less stick. Right than people have been because Trezor has only started one game, I believe, and he was it Brentford that he started. He'd started at Brentford, so he started. I went down, and he was right. dreadful. No, but that was one of our worst performances as it a was. team all season. So just turning around to Trezor and saying he's the only player that's not done this and he's not done that. The guy's literally been getting eight minutes at the end of most games. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, even the other day, like, he got, what were it, 20 minutes, 15 minutes? Like, you, not many players look brilliant off the bench. Like, 
the guy will eventually become good. You, it's also a huge transition for him. Like he, he's he's moved from the Belgian league. I know a lot of players have kicked on from the Belgian league, but he's kicked. He's coming. He's not really solidified his place in the team. We have also bought a lot of wingers, so that gives us a pretty difficult situation to play because you can only play two, and we have like ten. So. Trezor not being in the team and not starting doesn't mean that Trezor's not been fantastic. Because like like that comment from Johan, I love Odebear. Odebear didn't even come on yesterday. Odebear yeah. hasn't fe- doesn't feature every single week, but people love him. Like, and oh, he's he's scored one goal and stuff like that. Ramsey, people seem to have uh, people seem to go back to Aaron Ramsey from that Manchester United game. We haven't seen him since. We don't even know if he's if he's. If it's the reason why he's not playing is because he's not performing in training and stuff like that. Like you just don't know everything that goes on. I think Trezor will eventually become good. I just think he's going through a bit of a similar situation to Foster where it just it isn't fitting right now. But eventually it can become good. Like not every player's kicked on this season and become good. We've we've had the whole conversation at the at the beginning of the show about you know, the the transfer situation and the tactics that we have and the training re- regime that we've got, and it takes a certain amount of hours to bed into the team. Chesor didn't hit that hit that threshold at that time. We gave Lyle time, and now Lyle's doing absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. We 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 have a we have a possibility that in 10 games, 10 games time. Is that 10 games time? Yeah, in 10 games time. For some reason that in my, as I said, that didn't sound like it were right, but Eventually, he could become good, and then we're we're back into the same situation as where Lyle, where everybody's eating humble pie, like myself. Yeah, I, th- I think the main issue with um, Trezor is, as some people have said in the comments, his favourite position is on the left. But to mm-hmm. take Coley or shot off the left now would be absolutely criminal. Um, so he's kind of in a bit of a sticking point there. Um, some more comments have come in. Solent says, "Man of the match," as it say, like you're hinting, because that's when I asked, like, if 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 anybody wanted us to do anything, we did it early. Did it around 30 minutes, Mark, mate. So when I finish it, go back. I think the majority of people actually gave it Zeke. Um, I gave it to Luca because I'm, I'm a, I'm a fanboy. Um, and a lot of shouts for Burge, some shouts for Trafford as well. Um, and he and he did say himself, he followed that up, saying um, between I'm doing it and Berg. Johan the Great says, Joe, what's happened to Amin? I don't think anything's happened, mate. I just think he's not played very well in the Premier League so far. So he's, he's gone down the pecking order. And, and I think rightly so. Sam, do you agree or...? Yeah, I do. I do. I think I think what happened with Amin, which is unfortunate, is he's a young player who got thrown into the deep end and realised he needed armbands still. Like, you know, yeah. shame. But eventually he will still become good. Like, it's just not the right time for him. Yeah, and it's, it's similar for players like Odebear. Like, Odebear will become good. He looks a tidy player now, but he's not fine-tuned enough. Like, we're doing it with Coley Osho. We can't do it with two players. Like, we're giving Coley Osho the licence to play freely and do what he wants to do, which is brilliant, and it's rewarding us so far this season. But if you had two wingers that are both young 18-, 19-year-old players and, you know, every week you, you're trying to bed them into your system and get... I just don't think it'd work. That's why I'm I'm really pleased with Brun Larson and him coming into the team. I think we've, we've had a really, really... And I think... One of the biggest things as well is VK had a masterclass yesterday. He was, his team selection was spot on. Yeah. His clubs were brilliant. Like, spot on, it's, yeah. it's the one game where I feel like we can't criticise company for anything. I think and I feel done. like he needed it as well. Now, not, yeah, I, know, I know a lot of the fans are 
on the side of keep him and keep him till the, the you know the end of the season unless we break Derby's record, which obviously we're not going to. Um, But he needed that. And he needed that as well because he made mistakes in the West Ham game. And the subs he made, in my opinion, cost us that that game. Uh, So he needed that as well. Uh, But just quickly moving on, Alan says, most improved player this season, question mark. I've got to go with Sander, personally. Um, I thought he was quite poor early on. I think the, the system has been adapted to suit him more. Not that not that the system's adapted just for him, but we have now adapted to the system where he's not playing, as I've said plenty of times, in this six. He's now playing in more of an eight. Uh, and I think that suits him a bit more. And, and he has license to go forward a bit more now. Um, so for me, I'd go Sander. There's some comments in. Uh, I did see somebody say Corley Oshaw, which, yeah, he is getting better, but he was always... You could always see something there with Luca. Um, it, but he has got better. But with Sander, at first I was like, "Wow, like this this this, this guy's actually terrible." But now he's yeah. now with, he's playing in a system that suits him. He's fantastic. With Luca, he was an unknown quantity, though. Like we didn't know what he could bring, so you don't know what his potential is based on what he was. So I agree, he's improved dramatically because he's playing Premier League football week in, week out and beating everybody. He's got people on toast. But I think Sander Berge is probably the most improved. But I do think Vitinho. I think the Vitinho of last season was always behind Conor Roberts. Conor Roberts was vital to our system last season. And Vitinho, when he came in, he was good. But he never got consistent game time. Now, I, I really do think there's a, a, a good shout for Vitinho because Vitinho yesterday was brilliant. I thought it was decent against West Ham and I thought it was, it was he's been decent the last couple of times he's played. Um, but I, to be fair, he was more just a shout, but I do think Sander Burgess is his most improved player. Those first three games, I thought I have no idea what what is going on. But he has been immense and he's yeah. been the centre midfielder that we've wanted and that, that we wanted at the start of the season, so I'm so pleased for him, and I'm pleased for, I'm pleased for the squad as well because we've needed it. We've needed a midfielder that's just going to get the ball and just just be able, strong enough to carry the ball and put his body in the way and move around. Brilliant, like yeah, Vitinho or Burge for me. Take your pick. But yeah, Vitinho's a good shout. Vitinho's a good shout because. When, when he played against Chelsea, it was ran absolute ragged um, by, I think it was Sterling. Uh, and I remember thinking, like, this guy ain't a Premier League fullback. Like, we're, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place now with Roberts and Vitinho. This is my thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, what we're going to do here now? But I think Vitinho, as I said at the start of the streams, pretty much made that position his own. And, and I struggled to see Connor getting back in at the minute, uh, if yeah. I'm perfectly honest. As Harry says, he was br- brilliant yesterday. Wish he would improve dens- defensively one-on-one, though. But even defensively, yesterday he played yeah. well. I thought, I thought he was really good defensively yesterday. I think he was yeah. really good. I think what what we've currently got now is a lot of the players that we didn't actually know a lot about have actually ended up being some of his best players, like Brun Larson there. Like Brun Larson, yeah. we knew nothing about. Like we kind of signed him on like off the cuff, just signed him as a body. And we were like, oh, this guy's never gonna play. He's just gonna be like like, for example, Chilling of last season, without disrespecting Darko, because I do I do really like him. Like Chilnov was bought again in a season where we had Manuel Benson and, and Zereri. Like, he he was kind of an afterthought of, of a winger, wasn't he? Because then you could move Teller onto the right-hand side and bring Benson off and put somebody else further forward. Will Larson, like, he was an unknown entity and we're now seeing a good footballer come out there. It's the same with Luca. In my opinion, those two are our wingers now. Brun Larson 
and Coley Oshaw with Vettino at right back and Charlie Taylor at left back. That centre half partnership, I do like. I I have liked Daroche. I don't think Daroche has been the. I do think to a degree he's been scapegoated. I do think that he hasn't been great, but I do think like rather than pinning it on the entire defence, people have tried to look at one person and say like he's making mistakes when it's really like as a defensive unit we're breaking down. Um, so I I do actually like Daroche being in there with Bayer. I just think one of his biggest things he needs to improve on is his distribution, but he's never been a distributor. He's always just been a solid put your foot through a tackle centre half. Yeah. Right. So he's also learning that type of role, but oh, I just so happy. I'm just so happy. I love it. <laughs> Liam Beach says, buzzing up the clarets. Jimmy Hawk says, how long have we been live for? Um, 71 minutes, mate, and we're coming towards the end. Uh, my last question to you, Sam, and the chat. Get your predictions in for Wolves. Can Burnley go to Molyneux and win on Tuesday? Wolves are going to be one of the sides that sit back and try and hit us with set pieces and stuff like that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how we break them down. But could that play into our hands? It's going to be it's going to be tough to find the pockets against Wolves that we found against Sheffield United, which is what we really exploited because um, they're quite a uh, similar to to Dice in a way. Uh, they, they will set up like that, um, but it's it's going to be class. I'm I'm expecting us to go in it with confidence, and because of that, I'm going into it with confidence. Um, one nil Burnley, sorry. One nil Burnley, sorry. That's more my heart than my head, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but I'm going to say one nil to Burnley. What are you thinking, Sam? I'm going to go with a 2-1 to Burnley. I'm going to go with a... We go two goals up and they get a goal right near the end and makes it nervy, but we manage to cling on because this is hopefully a different Burnley side. We're able to yeah. see out victories and really go toe-to-toe with teams now. So I, Wolves are a good side. I completely agree. I completely agree with Harry and they very easily could beat us and I'd turn around and be like, fairs. But 2-1, I, 2-1. I, I, um let's let's all let's all be happy. Let's just stay happy for Sunday for once. Let's just 2-1 Burnley. Go for that. 2-1 Burnley. Another three points for the Clarets coming then. You know what? Like, I I I was gonna say I agree. Um I, I'm hoping that we win. Um, but it's I am now getting frustrated at the fact that we didn't hold on against West Ham because the position that we'd be in now, if we'd held on against West Ham, battered Sheffield United, and then going into the Wolves game, and the Wolves fans, I presume the Wolves fans will be looking at this thinking. Mm, all right, not a great time for Burnley to win, but they've only beat Sheffield United, so we'll probably still beat them. Whereas if we had beat West Ham, then battered Sheffield United, then got into that Wolves game, the Wolves fans and the Wolves players were like, hold on a second, let's just sit up and take notice of this Burnley team. So, yeah, I'm just a little bit frustrated, but I'm thinking we can go on and get something. Well, there's a, there's a further argument to that. Could you imagine if VAR had competent referees doing it? We'd have had three points against Nottingham Forest. We'd have had a point against Bournemouth. We'd be in a much better position, wouldn't we? But no, no, yeah, no. Really like Although I'm sure Wolves fans will uh, argue about oh, VAR. To be really. fair, I, in, in saying that, there is no way that I'm going to try and out VAR Wolves fans because <laughs> they are getting absolutely done in this year. They, they, they honestly, they should be. They should have five framed apology letters now from the from the PGOL. <laughs> Like, how bad have they been for Wolves? Seriously, they've been shocking. And it, it, they've been shocking in general. Like not not just Wolves. And what pissed me off the other week was with how bad they've been recently, and how much in the spotlight how bad they've been recently. How would Webb still came out and said he needs to crack down on the imaginary yellow card waving? Like, mate, you've got more important things to worry about than players going. Come on, ref, book him. 
that's the thing though, mate. Like you've got you. Howard Webb is now part. He's like a, he's the president of like referees now. I yeah. swear he's like the president. He's of, ahead of Pegmol, isn't it? Whatever. Yeah. PJMOL, whatever it's called, mate. If that's what you're gonna sit there and talk about in your board meetings, not the handball that's just cracked on in in the Champions League this week. I know it's a different governing body, but you're still part of it. Uh, and and all this stuff with Wolves and then us and other teams have had it as well. If you're going to look at that and look at like the penalty shot that we had again last week against West Ham and didn't give it, the, yeah. all the times that you've let Wolves down this season and you're going to turn around and say, well, you've been saying that you want more yellow cards in the game and you can't do that to referees because that's not nice. Then honestly, just get out, get in the bin. So strange, isn't it? Graham says it's on Prime on Tuesday. Is that right? Amazon if it is, Prime? that's fine by me. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got it. So I'm, I'm, as long as we've got Ali McCoy doing the commentary, that's fine by me. Yeah, I'm sure if, if there's a few on games it. on on Tuesday, they'll probably wheel Ali McCoy out for the uh, oh, yeah. for the I, main I, I, game. I love it when Ali McCoy is on. I can't stand it when you watch games and you've got like Jermaine Genius trying to tell you about football. Oh, yeah, like, it just I mean. Murder. Jermaine Genius is a William Hill ambassador, so I need to be careful what I say, but I completely oh, agree with you, Sam. <laughs> oh, you've got, like, Danny Murphy trying to tell you about football. Honestly, it, yeah. it, it, honestly, certain commentators really, really grind my gears, right? But there's nobody who annoys me more than Danny Murphy. He tries to do what Roy Keane does, but with absolutely no football context. He's always just like, well, I don't think that were a foul at all. And a tackle in my day, that wouldn't have even been a yellow card when someone's gone studs up on someone's knee. And he just he, he just sees something and just goes, nah, no chance. Just to be controversial because he had a boring football career. But yeah, no, um, honestly. Ali McCoyst, that would me. Ali McCoyst and Laura Woods. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Too right. Yeah. Uh, Danny Astin says, let's just stay on all day, lads. Thumbs up, then laughs. Unfortunately not, mate. We both <laughs> have... I'm so well, happy. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll sign off now and I'll leave Sam on. He can just sit there. He's going to do a live NFL chat over the next six hours. Um, oh, man. I can't now. wait. I can't wait. We've got the Jets at six. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna wrap it up here, everybody. So, Sam, first of all, thank you for coming on, mate. I know it's a pleasure. It's, a, a lot of people were asking for Neil in the chat. Uh, someone that asked about him quite regularly, but I think has now left. Neil is, I'm going to say unwell. He's just being soft. Uh, he's, he's lost his voice, which, to be fair, as I said earlier, is a main thing in in the in in actual talking videos. Um, so you know, fair enough. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's he's got a bit of a cold, so unfortunately, Neil isn't here for that. But he will be back next week if he gets his cold better. But Sam, I know <laughs> you don't like uh, you don't you don't use your uh, your page as much as you used to the Clarets Roundup just because we've been a bit crap. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Because you might be you might be up for a chat again now. With Who me. knows? I might I might be back. I might be back. Yeah, I've had a couple of people tweeting me saying you're a bit quiet recently. Um, though uh, Clarets Roundup guys, just come over and have a chat. Come over and have a chat. Tweet me if you want to. I'll, I'll, I'm always up for a chat. I'm just a bit more busy than I used to be, but you know I'm still here and. Ill dress promotions at work, promotions oh, at work, I. and, oh, and I. smashing gym. He's well busy. He's oh, I oh, I just living life, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for commenting. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, usual stuff if you joined late, like Solent, and you joined late, like uh, the other guy in the chat. Um, then do not worry when I press end live, the video stays on YouTube so you can watch it back 
on your demand. Yes, I get this a lot. I get this a lot. <laughs> Chase the Dream says, what's it like doing a podcast with Josh Brown, old Joe? I, we get that a lot. We get that He's a, a good-looking um, bloke, lads. Right, get it. Make it happen. We'll get a photo together. Make it happen. Let's get great, tweeting. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll get it sorted. If we don't get it, I'll just do some editing. I say editing <laughs> picture next to each other. Uh, Colin McGlynn says, "Thank guys, cheer me up." If you weren't here earlier, Colin did put in the comments that he had a heart attack earlier in the week. So fingers crossed for you, Colin. Hope all is well. Uh, drop us a message on Twitter, uh, mate. Give us a follow if you don't already. Um, Harry says, Joe, any chance of doing the pre-game shows live? I don't know. I like, I like, I like to be different with the two shows. I like to have a bit of a different thing. But if I'm doing, if I don't get a chance to do this Wolf show till like 6 p.m. the night tomorrow, then I might just do it live anyway. But I probably won't make it a um, a, a regular thing. Um, but yeah, I was in the middle of a, of um, of um, signing off. Uh, Chase Dream says, any news, Ree Benson? No. He, he trained with the under 21s this week. That's all I know. Um, but uh, Graham says, great show, Sam, and comments. Joe, Sam, and comments, sorry. Uh, but thank you very much, everyone, for watching. I was in the middle of signing off, and I got digressed. I'll start again. If you join the stream late and you want to watch it back, don't worry. When I press end live, it will stay on YouTube for you to watch back at your leisure. If you, if you find yourself regularly missing the start of the show because you don't know that we're live, Follow us on Twitter, turn the notifications on, because I always tweet it and give enough notice on Twitter, or follow it, subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already, and turn the notifications on, because even then, I, I give even more notice on YouTube. Um, so there's plenty of chance for you to get involved early on, if you want. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching, thanks everyone for listening on the podcast, and um, I don't know if we'll get a chance to do one after Wolves, because it'll be late on Tuesday. I'll, I'll message I'll message the lads in the chat. Sam's a busy man. I might have to do it on my own. Neil's got the same job as Sam, so they're, they're both quite busy during the week. Um, so so we'll see what happens. But if not, I'll definitely do a pre-game show. I've already been speaking to a Wolves fan. But thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.